so these past few weeks, you guys, we have been talking about several things. You know, we started talking about as we're trained by the journey, we talked about how to be, how sometimes we're surprised by the journey. And then we talked about how God has made us beautiful in his eyes. When we first were created by God, he created something beautiful in us. And if we can reflect that beauty back to him that oh my gosh we can continue to have this supernatural life of having beauty in every single day of our lives and then we had pastor dave come up and who was our potter and he came up and he did this pottery stuff and it was amazing just get kind of giving you guys a review for those of you who who missed any of those weeks and it was really great and then um last week uh we also talked about being beautiful in god's eyes and 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 just the potter at work how god can take uh, who we are and not just make us something beautiful but then turn us into becoming his potter as well at work so we can continue to do what he's done in us to other people and bring other people along in the journey and so this week and, and so our goal is that you would just take one or two of those things week after week and just apply them to your life you know just take one or two of those things and see how God may have been setting you up all week for this word so that you can put it into practice in your life and then it can actually change you and make you a better lover of God and a better lover of others. And so, so I'm excited to be doing this. As we look at this, this series called Trained by the Journey, we can be confronted with obstacles and challenges in our lives. You know, as you're getting trained by the journey, you can, it's part of life. We come up against obstacles, we come up against challenges, and Sometimes what happens, a lot of times what happens is that we become afraid. And so what happens a lot of times is that the fear becomes the obstacle before the obstacle. The challenge before the obstacle. And all of a sudden the fear makes the obstacle so much more bigger than what the obstacle really is. And so I thought this morning we would look at fear and what happens there's a story in the bible that i want us to look at in in mark chapter 4 because fear can paralyze us you guys fear gives us this illusion that maybe this obstacle or this challenge it's it's actually bigger than what it is it has a a fiercer bite than it really does and it can it can it can make us draw conclusions that are erroneous it can make us draw conclusions that are demonic and divisive and destructive and so as we're walking through being trained by the journey i want us to acknowledge the that fear the fear that's connected many times to the obstacles and the challenges we face because if because sometimes it makes the challenge insurmountable it makes the obstacle, oh my gosh, I, 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 it's, it's monumental, I can't. But it's, it's really not the obstacle, it's really not the challenge, it's really the fear associated with it. Can somebody say yes to that? Yeah. So, so for those of you that may be in the middle of a storm, we're going to look at Mark chapter 4, in the middle of a trial in your life, we're going to look at this passage, maybe for the first time for some of us, and maybe we're going to remember when. Jesus was in the boat in this storm. We're going to remember when. Not only does Jesus acknowledge the storm in this passage, but he also acknowledges the fear that, that is added to the storm. And so we're, we're going to talk about it. Um, and so let me give you the context of Mark chapter 4. We're going to see Jesus was actually teaching from a boat. 
okay? It had become sort of like his pulpit. And, and, and he, had, he had pulled up to shore, and you've got a lot of people gathered around him, and he says to disciples, to his disciples, something very key. He says, let's leave the crowd and go to the other side of the sea. And the boat, which was sort of his pulpit he was talking from, is about to become his sermon illustration. So let's pick it up. With that in mind, let's dive into Mark chapter 4, and we'll read verse 35 through 41, okay? You guys ready? And then we'll break it down little by little. Okay, so here we go. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Remember that, okay? Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. Verse 37, and here, here's where it gets interesting. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So now I don't know if you've ever been on a boat. We live in Miami, which is close to water. I don't know if anybody's ever been on a boat. If anybody has ever been, okay, if anybody's ever been on a boat when you're feeling like it's, you're, the thought has crossed your mind, where you feel like this boat might actually go down. It might actually, you might actually drown on the boat. I have been, for some reason, many times <laughs> on a boat where that feeling happens. Um, I don't know if I have read a lot of books recently or seen a lot of movies recently, but for some reason, this image is very real to me of being on a boat and having that very, very sick feeling, very scary feeling, very fearful feeling of this boat might actually, I, I don't know. I, anybody relate to that? Anybody? Okay, some folks, okay, okay, just, oh my gosh, the, this is really scary. So that's where they are in this type of situation. Everybody's panicking. Now, mind you, the disciples, maybe four out of the 12 disciples were expert fishermen. And so doesn't tell us exactly in the passage who was with him, but I'm betting some of those experts fish, maybe not all, but some of them were on the boat with Jesus. And here they are panicking and thinking they're going to drown. This is the end. So they're, 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 having all this, they're having all these thoughts in their mind. And verse 38 says this, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. When I was reading this passage, I thought how, it just made me laugh. Like he's sleeping on a, does it actually say sleeping on a cushion? Like he's sleeping on a cushion, okay? He's, he is. For some reason, he's sleeping on a cushion. He's t- totally oblivious to what's going on around him. This reminds me of uh, a couple Sundays ago. I shared this with a few folks here at church. Um, we were at, after church, we had gone my oldest is Abdiel, AJ we call him. He, uh, he's in school, so one of his schoolmates invited him to a birthday party, so we all go. And I have the little one, Esteban, we call him EJ sometimes. Uh, he's with us. So both of us, we go to this, uh, all of us actually, uh, go to the party, and, and we're having a good time. It's the one with the slides. It's in the room, and there, there's food, and there's bouncy. Everything's going on, having a great time. And all of a sudden, Batman shows up. And there is like this, scr- ah! I mean, children and adults are screaming, ah, Batman, they're running towards him. 
And Esteban is with me, and he's completely oblivious to what's happening. They're running towards him, and Batman is there picking up the kids, putting them on his shoulder, looking all Batman-like, and everybody's taking pictures, and all this crowd, and for like 15, 20 minutes is going on. And Esteban, he's just playing with me, doesn't have no idea what's going on. So, you know, the craze kind of dies down, and Batman's walking, and he walks past um, my son, Esteban, and he grabs him by the nose, and he goes like this, right? And I go, oh, who is that? And Esteban looks at him, and he's like, all oh, nervous, and he's like, Spider-Man! <laughs> so he missed it by a little bit. He missed it, but he was close, he, but he was so nervous. You know, you can imagine, so the first thing that comes out of his mouth is not the right DC character. So, you know, Spider-Man, he messed it up. But, but he's totally oblivious, totally oblivious to what was happening. That's where Jesus is on the boat, completely oblivious to what's going on. And so he's there taking a cat nap. Verse 38, the disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And 39 says, he got up, rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and he was completely calm. Verse 40, he said to his disciples, and here's the question, say it with me. He said, why are you so afraid? Jesus is talking to his guys, remember, remember when. I'm on the boat, you guys. Remember when I healed all these people, the paralytic man, the blind man? Remember when I did all this stuff? Why are you so afraid? Do you remember when? See, you guys, I think that if we can remember when God has done some things for us, then the fear all of a sudden doesn't have as much power as it once did. If we can remember when God has come through for us in the past and he's done great and mighty things, jaw-dropping things that only you, you say only God could have done this, then all of a sudden that fear that you once had starts saying, maybe, maybe it's not as big a thing as, yes, there's still the obstacle and still the challenge before me, but maybe it's not as big as I think it is. And, and so keep reading. Then he says this, do you still have no faith? The disciples, verse 41, they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Remember when? I did a little research on this text and uh, I'm not a meteorologist by any means, but I did a little research on this and I don't claim to be one, but what, what I discovered through my research is that the Sea of Galilee, which is where this is happening, this storm and the disciples and Jesus in the boat, is 680 feet below sea level. And it's surrounded by all these mountains, okay? And so according to the experts, this is a perfect place for a squall, a thunderstorm to just suddenly appear, to just come out of nowhere. So it's like it has the perfect elements and environment for this to just explode on the Sea of Galilee. And so with very little warning, no like heads up, it just, it just comes. Kind of like where we live here in Miami, right? Isn't that true? 
We live here in Miami, and many of us, last year, we put up shutters, right? Not, not too long, six months ago, we put up shutters thinking Hurricane Matthew was coming our way, right? I know I did. I put shutters up thinking that thing, I know they said it's not supposed to, but I've been there before, and that not supposed to did, you know? So, you know, we would put up shutters, and we, we and I remember um, a few years ago when I was on a, a, a mission trip to Haiti with students, high school students, and we were in, um, in outside of the, the capital, and there was a hurricane coming to Haiti. And over there, you guys, there's no shutters. There's no wood panels to put on windows, you know. You just pray, you know. And I had parents calling us, you know, where's my kid? Is my kid going to be safe? And, and, you know, all the, the it was in the summertime, and uh, this hurricane was coming. It was coming. And so parents are freaking out because they, they, they finally gave enough, you know, had enough courage to let their child go on a mission trip out of all places, Haiti, and then they let them go to Haiti, and then out of all things, a hurricane is coming, and there's no, like, you know, strong necessarily shelter to go to. And I remember us praying and, and believing God, and we just, no rain even hit us. I remember there was no rain that even, even touched us. We just believed God. Um, and so, so I just, it, it was amazing. But what's interesting is as you go through life, sometimes life can be so good and so normal, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this storm hits your life. Out of nowhere, this, this thing just, boom, and you're like, what did I do? Did I not do something and not pray yesterday to read my Bible? What happened that this storm all of a sudden just came into my life? It could be you're having the best sales month of your career, and all of a sudden, things just drop from underneath. You feel like the bottom has dropped out, and and you find out that your company's laying people off, and you're on that list. You're on that short list. And maybe your, your marriage, maybe your marriage is better that, than it ever has been, and all of a sudden your spouse or your partner goes to uh, the doctor and they get this unfavorable report back, horrible news. Just came out of nowhere, and you feel like, wow, the rug's been pulled out from under me. I, I, I can't even understand why. I don't even know how this happened, but it's here. Or maybe your child is doing so good at school and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're like, we're finally at this rhythm. They're getting their homework done. They're, they're, they're behaving, right? And all of a sudden, they, you, you get this report like that they're making some really bad decisions. And you're like, man, it doesn't matter if everything else in life is going well. But if my child is not doing well, it feels like you have, you're going through this really bad storm. What's interesting to me is that church people sometimes are so good at hiding the storms we go through. We come to church and we have a smile on our faces, but really behind our smile, in the, we're in the middle of a storm. And maybe nobody even knows about it, but we're going through it. In fact, I've seen times where people are, are jealous of other people and they're like, man, I wish I had the marriage you had. But the truth is, the truth is that if you only knew, my marriage is not what it's cracked up to be. It's actually fallen apart, and we're hanging on by a thread, you know? 
Some people, they look and they say, man, you know, I wish I, 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 I had the house that you had. And you're, and you're like thinking, man, if you only knew I'm two payments behind and they're about to close on my house, you have no idea, you know, what's going on, the storm that I'm going on. Sometimes, man, you look good on the outside and nobody else would even know, but inside you are so afraid and you're going through a storm. Even the pressures of a lot of good things, sometimes it feels like way too much. And even though we're blessed in all these different ways, you think, wow, there's no way I can keep going at this pace. There's so much good, but you can't keep up with everything that's happening. And so you put this smile on the outside, but on the inside, there's a storm and nobody even knows it. So in fact, I want to ask that question here today as gently as I can. And I pray that you'll just be honest with me here because nobody else is looking around except me, right? Um, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you here would say that you're going through a storm? Maybe not a big one, maybe some kind of storm, you're going through it. And it, it, it could be some, someone that, 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 for some of us, it's coming, you feel like it's coming. It could be in the life of someone near you that you love. But how many of you would say that right now you are going through a storm? I got a couple hands over here. I got a couple hands. All right, we got a few folks. I'm looking and scanning. All right, so this message might actually be for you right now. So many of us so often in our lives are in the middle of this of things that we just don't even see coming. It just it just hits us and we would never ever choose for this storm to hit us, but it does. And so what I want to do today is from from this story I want to remember when. Remember when because Jesus asked this piercing question and I want to show you specifically two things. Can everybody say two things? I want to show you two things to remember and to embrace when you're in a storm. So the first one, if you're taking notes, I hope this is good news for you. Remember when you are in a storm. This is good. When you are in a storm, remember that you are with his presence. That when you're in the storm, you're with the presence of our good, good father, of our good, good God. Verse 37 and 38, it shows us that a furious squall came up And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. But we see here in verse 38, it says, Jesus was where? Let's all say it together. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was in the stern. He was in the boat. He was in the boat. Even though Jesus was the one that said, hey, you guys, I want you to go to the other side. Even though he said that, I want you to go to the other side. He said to everybody, get in the boat. Come with me to the other side. Let's go to the other side. You see, even though Jesus has called you to get into the boat, even though Jesus was the one who led you this way, I think a lot of times we forget that, that that we start to think it's up to us. Oh my gosh, this storm, it's so unfair, but I got to handle it. And Jesus is saying, wait a minute, I put you in the boat. I'm the one that called you, and I'm in the boat as well. Let's read again verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Let's go over to the other side. It was Jesus' grand idea to go to the other side. And you listened to him. You listened to Jesus. And so this whole thing, this whole storm you're going through, Jesus is with you, and he's called you. You might be walking along your journey, trained by the journey, and all of a sudden a challenge, an obstacle, a storm hits you, but Jesus is with you. Jesus has brought you this far. He's brought you this far. And so hear this message today, today that you are not alone, even in the storm that you find yourself in. 
I know you may feel alone because when the storm hits, as hard as it does, right, the rain is falling down, you can't even see your hand in front of you. You're saying, all this rain, the visibility is so bad, God. All, I, I just have this storm hitting my life right now, and I can't see anything. But remember that Jesus has called you to this, and he will see you through it. Remember that Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. He said that. It wasn't your idea. If it was up to you, you would have stayed on that side and continued to speak to the people. But it wasn't. Your idea was there. His idea was, no, no, no. There's, a, there's something else on the other side I got to reach to. So I want you to go there. And I think not only do we forget that Jesus has called us. Jesus was the one that originated the idea of getting in the boat. But a lot of times I think we, we sometimes we think we forget that Jesus is in the boat. Okay, wait a minute. If I'm with Jesus, there's, or sometimes we think, well, if I'm with Jesus, there shouldn't be a storm. <clears throat> if I'm with Jesus, ever since I gave my heart to Jesus, well, things should be just like smooth sailing now, right? Sometimes we think that too. I gave my life to Christ, therefore, you know, no more problems. It should be, everything should be okay for the rest of my life. But Jesus promised us, he said, that in this world, you will have what? Trouble. Trouble. You will have tribulations, exactly. But then he says, but take what? Take heart. Take heart because I have overcome the what? The world. Jesus never promised you if you come to him, it would be easy, that life would be easy. But he did, or storm-free, but he did promise that he will be with you through the storm. He will be with you to get over the obstacle. He'll be with you to get whatever over whatever challenge you find yourselves. In fact, the reality is that when you move from darkness to light, suddenly you step into this in the middle of a spiritual battle for your life, you guys. And it's not this playground. It's a battleground between forces of darkness and forces of light. And when you step onto the side of the light, suddenly darkness has is against you and you will face opposition you'll face temptation like maybe you never have before and there will be a spiritual warfare and you start to think well just because i'm with jesus you know uh, nothing should go wrong it's a distortion of the truth that's what the enemy wants you to believe that nothing should go wrong but the truth is that the message of the gospel says i will be with you through every storm and through every trial in fact, God never ever promises you that just because Jesus is on the boat that the storm will never rock you. It'll rock you left and right. But you know what he does promise? That the storm will never sink you. It'll rock you. <clears throat> It'll may, maybe cause you to get a little dizzy, see a little fuzzy, hardly see at all. But he does promise it will never sink you because God is for you and God is with you and there is nothing that can take you out of the presence of God. Jesus was in the stern. He was in the stern. He was on the boat. And you guys, that's a total game changer. In fact, I read this really interesting article and it talked about older people. If you're an older person, please don't raise your hand. But I just want to talk about you guys for a second. It says that older people actually live longer when there's someone else or something else in the house with you it could be a gerbil it could be a plant herbal plant of some sort it could be a pet an ugly dog a deaf dog it could be a blind dog it could be a fish it could even be people it could even be people if something else is in the house you tend to live longer Older people live longer when there's something living in the house. And every now and then, you guys, 
Some of you, you're going to be in the middle of a storm, and it's going to get really, really bad, and people are going to look on and say, well, wow, how are you getting through all this? I know you're going through it. I can tell you're going, you're going through these physical challenges in your life, or you're going through this financial difficulty in your life. How are you getting through it? I don't understand. Tell me. Share with me. How are you enduring this? How, how come you don't, you're not acting like the world is falling apart, and yet it, it seems like it is all around you? How come everything's going wrong, and yet you still have this quiet confidence? Why is it that you're in the middle of this storm, and there's this deep, deep assurance why is it that you have this peace in the middle of the storm? Why, why do you have that? And when you're going you're gonna to be able to tell them this, you're going to be able to say to them, uh, you know what? It's because I remember when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and he promised that he would be in the boat with me because you know what? Something's living in my house other than me. I'm not the only one in the house. I have something, someone else living in the house. It's not just my life. It's the author of life that's inside of me. You see, his presence is with me. Jesus is in the boat. He's in my house. He's called me to this. And because he's with me, I can sense his strength with me. I can, I can sense his presence. I can sense his power. And I can sense his comfort because he is with me. He's in the boat with me. Just because I'm in a storm doesn't mean that he's not with me. I always tell people, I always tell people that never let the presence of a storm doubt, cause you to doubt the presence of God in your life. Just because you have a storm, don't you ever let the presence of a storm doubt the presence of God in your life. I like to remember scripture when I'm going through a storm. And I like to personalize scripture. See, I like to remember when Jesus said this about me. I like to remember when God said this about me in the book of Psalms, chapter 46, verse 1. I personalize it, that God is my refuge and God is my strength and God is my ever-present help in my time of need, in my time of trouble. He is with me. I love to remember when, you know, the scriptures talk about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. He says, Jesus says, and I personalize it, I will never leave you. Jesus, you'll never leave me and you'll never forsake me. You'll be with me. I love to remember when, when the scriptures talk about in Psalms 23, when he says, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I personalize it, I will fear no evil because God, you are with Abdi. You're with me. You said you would be with me. And so I'm not gonna stay in the valley of the shadow. I'm not gonna stay in this storm. I'm not gonna stay before this obstacle or or this challenge I'm actually walking through. And so because of that, I will fear no evil because my God is with me. You see, he never ever promised that the storm wouldn't rock you. He just promised that the storm wouldn't sink you. Even though you might feel like the storm is sinking you, he promises that it won't sink you. He's in our house. He's on the boat and we're not alone. We're in the middle of a storm, but we're not alone. I pray that you find comfort no no matter what you're going through, that you would remember that when you're in a storm, remember when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. He will be in the boat in our lives because he's called us to this. Can somebody say yes to that? So the first thing is to remember his presence is with you. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is this, and hopefully this will minister to you. Remember when, that you're, when you're in a storm, it is for his purposes. It is for his purposes. Remember that when you're in a storm, you're in the storm with his, pur- with his presence, and remember that you're in the storm for his purpose. 
for his purpose. Think about this. Think about this. Jesus, he said, let's go to the other side. Why did he say that? It's an obvious question. It was Jesus' idea. Let's go to the other side. Why? Why was he talking about let's go to the other side? This was Jesus, God in the flesh. And he knew the east what was on the, he knew what was on the east side of the sea. He knew what was on the other side of the water. He knew there was this guy that was hurting himself with this evil spirit because he was possessed with an evil spirit. And, and Jesus was taking the disciples to the other side because there was this guy that needed help. And Jesus wanted to help him. And Jesus, being God in the flesh, he knew that there would be a storm that would blow up. He knew this. This is God. He knew that there was going to be a storm coming. He knew this. Jesus knew that, that he was taking his disciples with him. He knew that the disciples would be in the boat and they would go through a storm. But whose idea was it? You guys, help me out. Whose idea was it? It was Jesus' idea. It was Jesus' idea who knew that it was gonna, there was going to be a storm. He knew it was going to be a storm. But from this line of logic, you guys, if you think about this, we can say that they were not in the storm because they were out of God's will. They were in the storm because they were what? In God's will. They had waited on God's promises. They had heard God's voice. They had denied themselves before so they could follow Jesus. They gave up their careers. They gave up their fishing careers so that they could follow Jesus because they wanted to be in God's will. And so even though they were going through a challenge, facing an obstacle, going through a storm, they were in God's will. Now, some of you may be asking, okay, Well, are you saying that God caused the storm? Are you saying that? Are you saying that God caused this storm? I cannot tell you that God caused the storm or that God allowed the storm. I'm not going to get in there. And I don't think anybody who can can tell you 100% of the time that they know exactly whether this was God caused, God intended. But I, I can tell you that God always promises to use the storm to do a work inside of us. John Wimber used to say that God will offend the mind to reveal the what? The heart. And so that's what he was doing. Think about it. These disciples, they're in the storm, and they're, they're getting offended in their minds. They're afraid, and they're, they're saying, oh, my God, what's coming out of their hearts? We're going to drown. We're going to drown. And so they wake up Jesus. They wake up Jesus not because they think he can do anything. You realize that. They wake up Jesus because they need help with buckets trying to get the water out of the boat because it's starting to sink. And so they wake up Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? We're about to drown. Help us out. We need help. Not because they think he could do anything about the storm. They had forgotten. So when we remember who our Father is, when we remember our good, good Father, when we remember that Jesus promises to be with us in the middle of our storm. See, in fact, I love this with uh, this scripture, <clears throat> and I believe this with all my heart, that in the book of James, it says something so powerful. This is the brother of Jesus. He says this in chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. He says, Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. In other words, he's saying, hey, you guys, I want you to move to a, an, a, a posture of worship when you're going through something tough. With all of your soul and with all of joy, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Wait a minute. Consider it pure joy? That sounds a little bit, I, doesn't make sense. It sounds ridiculous. 
You rejoice in the middle of the storm? That's exactly what James is saying. Why? Verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith, see, some of you right now, guess what? You're in the middle of a test, and a good teacher, what does a good teacher do? A good teacher tests you to pass you, right? And to promote you, right? Right? Because at the end of the year, you take a final exam. So you have all these tests in your life to show that you have the aptitude, you've gotten the knowledge, you've gained the experience, you're able to pass the final exam in your life. So you get this test so you can go to a new level in your life. And God in his love, he may be allowing you to experience something, even testing your faith because he wants to promote you to another level of belief. And this faith, it produces perseverance, Something living inside of you. James says in in verse 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, not lacking nothing. And the truth is that we all need maturing, right? We all need maturing. We all need to mature in Jesus. In a lot of different ways, he matures us, and we, we get to know his word, and he renews our minds, and he matures us as we discover our spiritual gifts, and we make a difference in someone else's life, and he matures us as we go through certain storms so that God does something in us. In fact, some of you, I would say, <clears throat> the difference between where you are and where God ultimately wants you to be is the storm that you have yet to go through. The difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is the storm that you have yet to go through, yet to endure. I don't know how many of you know somebody who's just rock solid in their faith. Well, I can promise you, if they're rock solid in their faith, it's because they've been through some storms with Jesus, and they know his faithfulness. They know that he has come through in their life. They know his presence. They've learned that there is a purpose in every single storm. They remember that, th- that Jesus said there's a purpose for us. There, there's, there's a plan for us, that God is often doing something in us and teaching us something in the middle of the storm that we couldn't learn in any other way. In any other setting, we wouldn't be able to get it. But because we're going through this storm, we're going to hold on. We're going to create these hooks in our lives that when we go through other stuff, we have a hook to hold on to. You see, we create these hooks in our lives when we go through storms. We create these hooks so that when we go through something else, we're like, wait a minute, I got this. I got this over here. Yes, it's a storm, and yes, it's rocking me, but I got, I'm holding on to these hooks, and it's going to help me. If I can just hold on long enough, it's going to get me through this. Uh, so, so that's fear. That's fear. Fear does that to us. <clears throat> and so when we're in the boat, Jesus asked that question, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And if we can remember when God has promised us these things. Fear all of a sudden becomes smaller than what it is. My faith is in the one who's in the boat. You guys, you see, that changes everything. When you put your faith in, in the one who's in the boat, you can go through whatever storm you're going through. And you become different because Jesus is not, you don't put your faith in the boat, you put your faith in who's in the boat. The disciples had had not yet gotten there. And so they're panicking. They're saying, Jesus, wake up. We're going to drown. Jesus, wake up. And what does Jesus do? I love this, verse 39. Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind. I don't know what that looks like. 
bad wind, bad, bad wind. I, I don't know what that looks like, how he rebukes the wind, but he rebukes the wind. Wind, you're in timeout. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. He says, he rebukes this wind. He says, quiet, be still. And it's a matter of fact, quiet, be still. It just happens. The wind dies down, and it's completely calm. And then Jesus looks at his disciples. Why are you guys so afraid? Don't you remember me opening the blind eyes and healing the deaf ears? Don't you remember when I'm, that I'm the author of life? I'm with you? Verse 40, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You guys, they were terrified, and they asked each other, ooh, who is this? Who is this that the winds and the waves obey him? So a lot of you right now, you're in a storm. If you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask you this. Why are you so afraid? Have you forgotten? You're in the storm with the presence of God, and he is for you. He's with you. He's working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. You're in the storm with his presence and you're in the storm for his purpose. So let's remember when he leads us here, he's going to see us through. And as you get to know him and he matures you, as you grow through some storms and you endure some storms with him, suddenly here's what happens. In the middle of the storm, you can be afraid because the boat looks like it's going to sink, but suddenly your hope is no longer in the boat. It's no longer in the boat, but your soul is anchored in the Lord, and that changes everything. It changes everything. It changes, it changes even the storm, the fierceness of the storm. I know I've been afraid of many things in my life. I've been afraid of the dark. I've been afraid of being alone. I've been afraid of failure. I've been afraid of, 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 of so many things, what others thought about me, and it's paralyzed me, this ongoing fear. But my hope stopped being only on the boat, on things that I could control and started being on the one who controls it all. And it was when I turned my attention to the Lord on the boat. You see, my soul is anchored in the Lord because he is on my boat. He's in the house. He dwells within me. He is with me and he is for me. Therefore, he has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. And so why are you so afraid when Jesus is in the boat with you? 